called You Can't Keep What You Have Unless You Give It Away. Right? So Gus came up with that topic. And a couple of weeks ago, I said, man, that's very creative. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> uh, but, but, the, but our sermon series is you cannot keep what you have unless you give it away. And, and, and we, he's heard that from a lot of our members. who This is the Recovery House of Worship. On, and we have a lot of people here who go to 12-step meetings in recovery. We have a lot of people in recovery uh, straight up in Christ. And a lot of people who don't know they're in recovery, but they are in recovery because of Genesis chapter 3. Amen. And so uh, I'm going to share a couple of things with you. Uh, I'm going to try to cover a lot of topics in about 20 minutes. All right, 20 minutes. I want to talk to you about hell, right, uh, about salt and light, and about baptism, evangelism, a, lot of, a couple of topics, right? So, but I'm, I'm all right. I, could do, I got this uh, spiritual ATHD thing going on, so we're going to be okay. I want to welcome all the first-time guests to Recovery House of Worship Brooklyn. Um, I think the first thing I want to do is I want to share a couple of things with you, and then we're going to see a video. There's a lot of people, even Christians, who don't believe in hell. All right? A lot of Christians don't believe in hell. And, and just for, for argument's sake, let's say that Betsy didn't believe in, in hell. Let's just say she didn't believe in hell. And let's say Claudio didn't believe in God. He's an atheist, let's say, right? They both need more faith than a Christian for their beliefs. All right, they both. So she says, but says, I don't believe in hell. Nobody wants to believe in hell. Hell is not a nice thing. So it's easy to say, dismiss it. Nobody wants to consider hell. How can a good God send people to hell? And so, so hell in itself is a rough topic. Our humanity doesn't want to receive it, doesn't want to accept it. But hell exists. And so if Betsy says, well, no, I don't believe in hell, she can't prove that hell doesn't exist. So guess what, what she needs in order to not believe in hell? She needs faith. She needs to trust and believe in something she can't prove and can't see. If Claudio says, well, I'm an atheist, I don't believe in God, he needs more faith than a Christian. In fact, I got atheist friends that I tell them I hope one day to aspire to the level of faith that you've acquired. And they're bewildered. What do you mean faith? Well, you cannot prove that there's no God. But you bet your life that there's no God. And you believe that there's no God. And you stand firmly that there's no God. And you put all your trust in the fact that you call atheism. And so you need more faith. I can prove the Bible. I can prove Jesus existed. I can prove he was crucified. I can prove that he... Like, I have evidence. That, you know, my faith is pretty practical. It's pretty reliable. It's pretty remarkable. And so... I want to share a video with you, and you might be here not believing in hell. And I want to tell you that I hope you leave here believing in hell. I hope that no, no man can change another man. Preachers are overrated. Only the Holy Spirit, only God can change a person's perspective. Only God can change somebody's heart. Only God. So, so while you're here today, I pray that the Holy Spirit does something inside of you that no human being can do. That you would have a paradigm shift. That you would change your mind about believing in hell or not. Hell is real. The Bible talks about it maybe over 132 times. There's, there's, there's reference to it in the Bible. Um, Jesus talked about hell more than he talked about heaven. All right? And so, in hell, there's two descriptions of hell. One, let me, in the Bible, there's two descriptions of hell. Hell, there's, there's, hell is eternal separation from God. So there's a state of separation 
and then hell is a literal place. See what I'm saying? So there's a literal place called hell, and then there's another definition where you're eternally separated from God. And you're not going to have a party and be like, yo, high five, we're going to smoke blunts in hell. It's not true. There's no greater state of loneliness than anyone can ever experience than being in hell. And it's true when people tell me, yo, I've been in hell. It's true that you have a little taste, a little drop, but you don't know and you don't want to know what real hell consists of. I want to share this video, and, and, and the reason why we have church, the reason why I do, the reason why we go, Edwin does his stuff, and the others, and why we give money, and why we, you know, we try to fix this building, and why we invite all our friends, is because we don't want the people we love, we have a slogan, you know how there's people out there, friends don't let friends drink and drive, and that makes sense, you ever heard that before? Well, friends don't let friends go to hell without sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. Can you show the video, please? What if... What if you had a friend who died without knowing Jesus as their personal savior? What if he or she went to hell? What if one day you received a letter in the mail from beyond? A letter from hell. A letter from your friend in the flames of eternal torment. The following is a dramatic presentation. It was written by a fictitious high school student named Josh to a friend named Zach. Although Zach had every opportunity to tell Josh about Jesus, he didn't. They were best friends. They played soccer together. They went to classes together. They partied together. They shared their lives with each other. But there was one thing Zach held back from Josh. His personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The rest of the story is simple and sad. A few too many beers. A tragic drive home. A crash. A death. A letter. Here is that letter in its entirety. A letter from hell. Dear Zach, I died today. It's a lot different than I expected. You see, I always thought dying would bring me into a world that's foggy and hazy. But this place is crystal clear. It's even more real than my life on earth. I can think. I can talk. I can even feel. Right after the wreck, I could feel my spirit leaving my body. It was the weirdest thing, Zach. I thought I heard you screaming out to me, man. I must have been just imagining things. At first, I was just standing in line getting registered, I guess. They asked me for my name and began to look in this thing they called the Book of Life. I guess they couldn't find it, though, because this huge angel standing next to me grabbed me by the arm and started dragging me away. I was terrified. I had no idea what was going on. I asked the angel where he was taking me, but he didn't answer so I asked him again. Finally, he told me that only those whose names were written in the book of life could enter into heaven. And the rest would be contemned to hell forever. And I was scared. 
angel threw me into some kind of holding cell where I've been sitting and thinking for a long, long time. Do you want to know what I've been thinking about? I've been thinking about you. Zach, you're a Christian. You told me so yourself. I mean, we talked about it three different times today. Kelly brought it up, and you laughed it off. Coach Adams brought it up, and you changed the subject. I mean, it came up right before the wreck. Well, the question I can't get out of my mind is this, Zach. Why haven't you ever told me about how to become a Christian? I mean, you say you're my friend. But if you really were, you would have told me about this Jesus and told me how to escape this terrible place that I'm headed for. I can feel my heart pounding in my chest. The angels who have been chosen to cast me into hell are coming down the hallway. I can hear their footsteps. I've heard of this hell, Zach. They call it the lake of fire. I can't stand it, Zach. I'm terrified. No, the angels are at the door. Oh, no. No! They're coming in, and they're pointing at me. They're grabbing me and carrying me out of the room. I can already smell the burning sulfur and brimstone. I can see the edge of the cliff where hell burns. This is it. I am without hope. We're coming closer, closer, closer. My heart is bursting with fear. They're holding me over the flames. I'm damned forever. This is it. They have thrown me in. Fire. Pain. Hell. Why, Zach? Why didn't you ever tell me about Jesus? Jesus. Signed. Signed. Your friend. Josh. Yes. Well, wish you were here. Wish you were here. Wish you were here. That's why we started the Recovery House of Worship. We were sitting in church one day. We're saved. We accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We was in a church that won six Grammy Awards for their music. Um, they were powerful preacher. When you walk into the building, you feel the presence of God. It was a wonderful place to be. Very grateful for that church. And we realized that the people who bought us hamburgers at Paul's and St. Mark's, the people that are asleep on their couches, the people that sit up with us at 2 o'clock in the morning, the people that helped us get clean and stay clean, not all of them had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And the same way many people, you know, they get abstinence but never really address recovery stuff. We knew that people were, were abstinent, but they weren't delivered, and their soul was still in question. Eternity was still in question. So hell became a, a very real thing to us as the Bible began to reveal it to us. And, and so there's a hell, right? And, and, here's, and that's part of the gospel that I want to share with you. When I met Jimmy Jam, when I met people here, I, I knew that without Christ, and here's, here's the, the, the way to explain it, right? All, we all sin. Everybody, they call it recovery character defects. There's a good word called shortcomings, right? So let me use shortcomings so you understand it. God has his standards that he wants us to live by. And when you and, you and I act out on our character defects, we come short of standards. The Bible calls it sin. In recovery, we call it, you know, sin, you know, you got to learn the language. So when we sin, the wages of sin is death, right? 
separation from God and the literal place, hell. And Jesus, so that, that's not the God. I didn't come here to scare nobody. I came to share the hope with you. You, you can't scare many of us. Right? We, the guy's been here 25 years in jail. You're not going to scare him. So there's a hell, but everybody has a way of escape. I remember going to a convention once and hearing uh, my friends talk a topic, hell has an exit. And I came to let you know today that if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's not religion. There's a lot of religious people going to hell. And the members of this congregation know very clearly that the bus that's taking everybody to hell is stopping at 360 Skimmerhorn Street first. Like we're very clear about that. That, that you, you don't go to heaven because you come to church. You don't go to heaven because you give tithes. You don't go to heaven because you preach the gospel. You don't go to heaven because you sing a song. There's nothing that you can do that can get you to heaven. But you've got to understand that it has been done already. It's been done already. And so, so Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. The wage of sin is death. You know how people say, I don't want to punish God. Well, the wage of sin is death. There's punishment for sin. If you commit a crime, there's punishment. But here's the good news. Jesus Christ loves you and me so much that he took the punishment upon himself for you and me. So not only, you know, there's, there's a God of justice, there's a God of mercy, a God of grace, who he took his sins upon himself, our sins, he took them upon himself, and he gave us his righteousness. He gave us his, 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 his clearance. And you know, you ever been at a convention? I've got to move on. You ever been at a convention and you don't got, I don't know if you've ever done this. It's not good. But I know maybe, so you know somebody who's done it. You ever been to a convention? Anybody ever been to a convention and you, just, you forget to register? Because you forget to register, right? You ever been to, so you forget to register because, you know, you see everybody. How you doing? You get caught up with the topic. I've got to go here, Richie. You know, I've got to go here, Jimmy. I've got to go here. And so you forget to register. You forgot. So you can get into the workshop meetings at some conventions without registering. But when the banquet speaker is going to speak, when you go to the door without your badge, you cannot get in. And so we're here to let you know that Jesus Christ will give you your badge. So you can get into the the big meeting. The big meeting. The eternal meeting. And so, I don't know if you believe in hell or not, but I want, the Bible clearly talks about hell. There's a lot of, you know, we'll even do a Bible study. If you're that interested, if you need more convincing, if you want to talk about it, we'll meet. One of the, one of the leaders here will sit down and take you to the Bible where it talks about hell. But Jesus talked about hell, and here's the gospel. Hell is not the gospel. The good news is that the Bible says that in Matthew, hell was not created for men. It's not created for women. It's not created for people. That hell was created for the demons, for the angels, who are not the, the angels who, dis, who disobeyed God and the, the third of the angels that the, that the devil convinced to leave heaven. That hell was created for them. And if you know the story of the Bible, the devil wants to get at the heart of God. How can he get at the heart of God? By trying to convince you that hell doesn't exist, that the devil doesn't ex- exist, that God, Jesus Christ is not God, that he's not the only way, so that he can take as many of God's people, the people that God loves, to hell with him. And so we hear, you know, the scripture that I'm using today is Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 to 16, where the Bible says we are the salt and the light. That we are the salt and the light. And the Bible says really clearly, you know, in verse 15 and 16, that you don't hide a light underneath the, the table. And you hit the switch on so it can light up the whole house. And so the same way the light lights up the whole house, the Christians, the Christians are supposed to be the light of the world. It says you are the light of the world. 
That you got to go let the people know that there's a God in heaven who hasn't forgotten about you. That if you can change Edwin, a coke addict and a, a derelict and alcoholic and a sex addict, that he can change your life, that he can set you free. And so... We are supposed to be the salt and light, and I can't get too much. The salt preserves things, and I got really, you know, I said, what, what is Bernard? What do you mean? How, that's old days, salt preserves, because salt wasn't a flavor mechanism back then. It, it was, it preserved stuff, and it also, they paid people with salt. Salt was very valuable, and we, our bodies are 4% salt, and I can go on, you know, without salt, your, 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 the blood can't flow. Without salt, your liver can't function. Without, you, you need salt. And, and so the world needs salt. And I was thinking about the same way back in the days, biblical times, the salt preserved the meat from rottening. We need Christians from allowing people's souls to rot in hell. We need Christians that you're going out and people are not going to like the message. Hell is already a problem and Jesus being the only way is a problem. But if you love someone, if you, I mean, if you love some, you sit down and say, listen, I love you. I know this is hard to understand. And me as a man, I really can't explain it to you. I can do the best I can. But if you open your heart, of God, He will reveal mysteries of the gospel. He'll reveal it to you. If your heart is open and your mind is open, as the man is trying to do his thing, what the man is trying to do, good for men that we God only has four people to use and he needs to use us. But as the man is doing his thing, the Holy Spirit is doing his thing. And so we don't want Edwin don't want his sister to go to hell. He talked about her earlier. And if you love someone, you tell them, listen, this is a real deal. There's a hell. The devil wants to bamboozle you. In John 8, 44, that he's a father of lies that is consistent with his character to lie. And so, no, there ain't no hell. That's some religious thing. They want to scare you, whatever. Listen, beloved. But everyone wants to go to heaven. Nobody wants to believe in hell. Come on. There's a higher power. There's a... Lower power, right? And not only, and listen, let me just say this before I move on. I'm, I know I'm limited on time. We're not the only ones that believe in hell. Even, even Buddhists, right? Buddhists say, well, we don't believe. Even Buddhists believe in eternal suffering. Buddhists believe, depending how you live now, there's consequences for your living, and you can come back as a kukaracha. <laughs> and, 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 and even Buddhists believe that, that there's eternal impact on how you live your life today. And, and, and all the reasons, you know, so we're not the only ones. People understand that how you live your life today, if you, leave it, if you live a life self-centered and self-righteous and prideful and self-obsessed and it's all about you, that there's consequences for the self-centered life. But if you find a relationship, a relationship, not religion. I told you about religion already. Right? And, and, be, and listen, check your heart. Are you saved? Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Some people, I remember being in church, and I remember it hit me. I know Pastor Adam more than I know Jesus Christ. It hit me that, that I'm, I'm more in touch with Pastor Adam, and he likes his coffee like this, and I know that he's, and I, and, oh, he's going to get it, he's on fire. And I know Pastor Adam, but I don't know Jesus too good. I know the rules and regulations of, of the church. I know the Baptist doctrine. But I don't know Jesus too good. And there's so many people that, that, that talk about the Word of God and the Word of God and the Word of God. But do you know the God of the Word? So, so I want to share with you that there's a hell. And, and we have services like this. And that's, and that's good, right? So now, Louis, if you said that Jesus Christ is the Savior, right? You got baptized. Jimmy, you said Jesus Christ is the Savior. You got baptized. 
Now, baptism doesn't save you. It's just like a wedding, right? Jimmy's not getting saved today. He's not confirming his, his salvation. He got saved already, right? Randy Q took him to a church in California. He'll share his story. And he went forward to accept, to receive and believe Jesus Christ. And, and he got saved. At that moment, he opened his heart to God. When he received and believed Jesus Christ, at that moment, the Spirit of God indwelled him. And his name was in the book of life. And he's saved, right? And, and there's many people, somebody came up to me, I, I hope they're not here today, but someone came up to me and said, you know, you got such people, tell them that you got to get baptized to be saved. If you don't get baptized, they're not saved. And I didn't want to argue, I just finished sermon, I just, but I, wa- I wanted to explain to them, the thief on the cross, the thief on the cross, next to me, one of them was a bambalan, but the other one said some good stuff. He, he, he referred to Jesus as Lord. He said, when you enter your kingdom... And, and he didn't get baptized. He's on the cross. He didn't get baptized. But what Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you. So, so you don't got to get baptized to be saved. Now, if you are saved and you have the opportunity to be baptized, then you want to make a public, public confession. This guy, what was his name? Zach, he was a man. He played himself. His friend is in eternal turmoil, separated in hell, because he didn't have the courage to, to let his name loose. Yeah, I be, you believe in Allah, I believe in Jesus. You believe in, uh, that's great, you got, everybody has every right to believe in whatever they want to believe in. But if you're a Christian, don't bow down. I believe Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life that no one, no one, no one comes to the Father only through the Son. And I love you and I want you to know that Jesus wants to dance with you. And he wants you, he wants to spend eternity with you. And he died on the cross because he loves you. He loves you. I don't care if you had abortions. I don't care about your sexuality. I don't care. Listen, he knew Saul was Saul before he turned him into Paul. He knew his story. And God knows what you've been through. And God knows your story. And check it out. Here's the beauty of God. Jimmy, here's the beauty of God. That when nobody's looking, when I'm at my worst, when I'm not spiritual, when I'm not biblical, when my flesh is burning, that God sees me and he knows me there. And here's the wonders of the gospel. That he loves me. That he loves me. That he loves me. That, that he, don't, he don't look down upon me and I'll just, oh, look at Raymond doing it again. He looks at me empowered by the Spirit of God. He looks at me washed by the blood of Jesus. He looks at me living my fully redemptive potential in Christ Jesus. And so, so what, what, what does that do with Jimmy being baptized in the sermon series? We want to let you know, Pastor Gus said last week, tell your story. Tell your story. Man, tell you something. I share my story. I go to meetings. I go, I go to churches. I go, I, I go different places. My daughter's school. I tell the story. I share what Jesus Christ has done in my life. When I'm in meetings, I don't say Jesus. All right? I'm not embarrassed of the gospel. And when I'm in meetings, when I go to Senegal, I'm going to Senegal in July. I need 100 people to donate $100. That's a commercial break. All right? Is that okay? I just, Holy Spirit, not me, Claudio. All right? I need 100 people to donate $100 so we can minister to, to, to people in Africa. We have a medical team, and that's great. So, all right. What I'm saying is when I go to Senegal, it, it doesn't matter if you're lefty. It doesn't matter what. You cannot use your left hand. Don't touch nobody with your left hand. Because you use your left hand to clean yourself when you use the bathroom. And it's an offense if you use your left hand. It doesn't matter. Don't use your left hand. When you, and same way, so they have traditions over there, right? And if you use your left hand or you do something, if you violate one of their traditions, they throw you out the village. 
and we spent ten thousand dollars to go, now we can't serve because we want to be self-righteous and, and, and egotistical and prideful. So when we go to meetings, for those of us who go to meetings, we don't say Jesus Christ in meetings. We, we honor the traditions. We honor, and I don't got to say Jesus Christ. I got to live my life in a way. What the Bible says in verse 16. You got 16 for me? Verse 16, please. Look at what I do at meetings. All right? Because I'm, I'm one of those guys that say, share the gospel all day, every day, and only when you must use words. Right? And so I'm like, you got to be the gospel. When people see you coming, they got to know, here comes good news. Oh, man, let me, let me talk to Raymond. Oh, man, let me, people going to, man, I can't wait to see this. I wonder what he's going to drop a jewel today. I wonder what he's going to share about today. Right? So it says this, in the same way that you're like for others, that they may see your good deeds, see your good deeds, see your good deeds, see your good deeds, that they will see that your life is different, that you don't laugh at stupid racial jokes, that you don't watch certain things other people watch, that while the guys are watching porno on the iPhone, you're reading the Bible on your iPhone. That when the guys are taking two-hour lunch breaks, you on time, working all by yourself, it may seem that you're living for Jesus, your good deeds. Amen. And so it says that let your good deeds, let them see your good deeds and glorify, let, listen, let them see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. When people see, that's what happened with me and Jimmy. I don't know exactly his testimony. I didn't look at it, right? But I trust him. You get me in trouble, I'm going to come see you. All right? But, but when me and Jimmy's in a relationship, you know, when he met me, I was, you know, pastor recovery. You know, who's this pastor? Moti came up to me. What the, you know, cursing. What the F is this? You're a pastor recovery. You know, ah. I said, I'm a recovering addict. Amen. I got a right to recover. I make meetings. The 12 steps led me to my higher power. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm committed to my church. I learned a couple of things. Well, we're in, where we are, we're in Roscoe's, Jesus Christ, he loves you, Moti. We're not in a meeting, he, t- he died for you, I don't want to hear about it. But they, they watch me. And listen, I'm wretched, nobody, nobody got to go, we're wretched. Without Jesus, we're, we're marred clay. Amen. You know, the reason why I live so good is because God chooses to use a dirty, filthy drug addict. It's not because I'm spiritual, I got it going on. It's the grace of God in my life. It's the of Jesus Christ touching different areas of my life. And so we built this relationship, and we, we need to be, listen, it, it's crazy when, you, when I, I hang around people of different sexualities. I hang around people with different faith. Even at our church barbecue, you see, you know, uh, uh, Phyllis and, and the people come from the Bronx, and they come, yeah, we let people in the Bronx come hang out with us, and, you know, they come from. So, and I hang out with people with different faiths and different sexual orientation, and I have friends who are transvestites, and I have friends who are ace. Well, I've, that's the way it's to be. Jesus was, was a friend of sinners. He was a friend of sinners. How are you going to lead someone to the Lord if you're judging them and staying away from them? How are you going to love on someone from a distance? It doesn't work like that, beloved. These of men, not keepers of an aquarium. And so, so we need to be out there and ministering and loving on people and letting our light shine. And, and, and we, listen, there's something very important that we talk about, salt and light. What is the light? What does light do, right? Light, what, what is it? It changes the, 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 you know, you can see things when light comes on in the dark. You can't see things. You're supposed to be the light. You're supposed to share the truth of God with people. 
Right? Share the light. Yeah. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the light. He died on the cross. Listen, let me tell you something, right? I was, doing, I was talking to a Muslim the other day. I got, I, you know, I got people who are Muslim in my life. They come here a lot of times when I preach. They, they support me. Right? I, I'm here. To, I, we talk about apologetic. Let's talk about the Quran. Let's talk about the Bible. Let's talk about translations. Let's talk about three gods and, and one God. In the tri- let's, let's, I share truth with them. Biblical truth. And as you share biblical truth, listen, you ain't got the power. The word cuts people. The the word, it'll cut somebody. The word of God will go, you share a little truth, boom, bang, and they'll never be the same again. And so we're supposed to be the salt and light. But here's the thing. Salt and light have influence. Salt, right? You ever eat Chinese white rice? I love Chinese, but I'm sorry, you know. I might, I might be eating cats and dogs, but I'm doing it willingly. Okay? I'm not in denial. I'm not in denial. You can be in denial if you want to. There's, all right, I'm cool. I like general child chicken. I told my dog if there's ever a problem, and she's going to be general child chicken. My daughter cries. All right, so anyway. But you ever taste white rice from the, from the Chinese restaurant? Right? White rice? You ever, you ever had, check it out, you ever had white rice from a Dominican restaurant? What? Come on. You, listen, you ever had white rice from a Chinese restaurant? And then you go to the Dominican restaurant, you got white rice. What? Right? We need Dominican rice Christians, Claudio. <laughs> we need Dominican rice Christians. That you got the salt, that, that you don't lose your saltiness, that you don't lose your flavor, no matter who you're around, no matter if it's popular or not. No matter what they say to you, that you stand on firm on the word of God, and I bring the salt. Right? Dominican rice Christians. I'm going to write a book. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit is giving me stuff. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. I got five minutes. Check it out. So, so salt and light, they, they influence stuff. They change dynamics. You know, salt, I, oh man, salt got to become invisible. Right? So it can have a visible impact. Right? Salt got to come. Oh, man. That, that I can't. That's the, I, I, listen, I, I got, I'll tell you one more thing about salt, right? There's salt that's pure salt, right? What is it? Mortars? Mortars? Mortars salt? Mortar? Morton? Thank you. Morton. There you go. I've seen it. Morton got pure salt, right? And, and we need some pure Christians. Right. We need listen, ain't, listen, Pastor Edwin is the most scholarly brother we have here. Right? He's not perfect. Come on. Claudio loves the Lord. Not perfect. Pastor Gus just went to preach in Stanley, not perfect. Jamie's gonna get baptized, not perfect. I'm definitely not. Everybody knows I need to say that. It goes without saying. Right? Yeah, we know. Look at his sneakers. Right? So what I'm saying is that we need more pure real Christians. You're struggling with cigarettes? Be honest about your struggle with cigarettes. Amen. You're struggling with... Be, let people know. I'm str- listen, I'm struggling today, but watch me because God is working on me. Amen. I'm struggling. Yeah, you know, I'm struggling. You know, I'm struggling today. I got this area of my... We, we, we don't need no more hypocrites. The world is tired of hypocrites. Bible quoting people that don't live out the truth of God's word. We need more. Be where you at. Let people know what you're going through. Let people know. They see it anyway. And just be honest and say, listen, but I know that I know that God is going to change me. That God is going to mold me. That God is going to shape me. That just watch me because in a little while, 
All right. So, the last thing I want to say is this. It's not just about going to heaven. That's not it. That, you know, you get to go to heaven. There's another side. The gospel is supposed to touch every area of your life. You ever heard that? Practice the principles in all your affairs. The gospel is supposed to impact your marriage. The gospel is supposed to impact the way you parent. The gospel is supposed to impact the way you see homeless people. The gospel is supposed to impact the, the gospel is supposed to impact your whole body, mind, soul. The, the gospel it can infiltrate and touch every area of your life if you allow it to. See, there's another side to the gospel, that if you receive and believe Jesus Christ, you become a child of God. Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth that Christ is Lord, he rose from the dead, and you believe with your heart, you shall be saved, right? That's, so you're saved, boom, you're saved. Now you're no longer, he washes your sins away, right? You're not perfect, you, and he washes all your sins away, Amen. all right? Because you're going to sin tomorrow. And he washes those sins away, and you've got you to just appropriate his forgiveness and all that good. We teach you that in those classes, right? Now, here's the second part of it, and here's the good part, that Jesus came to give the abundant life. Come on. I'm not talking about you're going to be rich, I'm not talking about, but you can, you can live the abundant life. That he came to give a life, the abundant life, that you can be an overcomer. I talked about that two weeks ago. That you can be a conqueror, that you don't got to be depressed for that you don't got to live it with anxiety disorder for the rest of your life. That you don't got to live with mental illness. For that Jesus Christ can touch every area. That you don't got to get a divorce. That you can stay married. That you don't got That Jesus Christ can touch every area of your life. It's not just you're going to heaven. It's that if you allow him in now and you receive and understand that the gospel is bigger than you can imagine. That is good news in every area of your life. If you embrace the word of God. If you embrace the word of God. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I, I got to go, um, but I want to share with you that Jesus Christ loves you. If you don't know him, it's not religion. It's not, people got this, you know, I'll say one more thing and I'm going to close. I'll let Jimmy Jam share a couple of words and we're going to baptize him. Amen. Right? I met, a, I, I met a guy, well, I'll just share me, I'll just share, I'll give you my testimony. Um, I, had a, a, I had a horrific experience in a church basement with a priest when I was nine years old. Horrific experience with a priest when I was nine years old. I'm nine years old. I leave, part of me leaves the basement. Part of me is stuck in that basement for many, many years. Part of me leaves the basement hating religion, hating God, and hating homosexuals. I know this because I did a fourth and fifth step. Some of you guys don't have the privilege of doing that, but I'm blessed to have 12 steps in my life. And I did, a, I did, a, I looked at my, so I left, I was nine years old, I left that basement, part of me left that basement, hating homosexuals, hating religion, and hating God. That's, so I, I got, that's, at nine years old, that's my perspective on God and religion. Fast forward that, I'm 24 years old now. I'm 24 years old. What's that, 15 years later? 15 years later, 24, and Ron, I still got a nine-year-old perspective on God, religion, and homosexuals. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. I know people who are 55 years old, 60 years old, and they develop some, some concept of God over here. Something happened. And then 30 years later, they're still stuck with that. And God had to change me and touch me so I can have a, a repentant moment of repentance. and power. I don't know what your conception is of God. I, don't, I want you. He loves you. He wants a relationship with you. Hell has an exit. Hell has an exit. And, and the keys to the exit is Jesus Christ. It's, it's not religion. It's a relationship with him. So here's what I want to do, right? I got to close. They give me all type of science. All right? You said 90 minutes. All right. 
Here's what I want to do before we bring up Jimmy. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, right? if you say, Pastor Raymond, God forbid I was to die tonight. Right? We all can, I could die tonight. Anything can happen, you know. If you say, Pastor Raymond, I don't know for sure. I don't know for sure that I'll be going to heaven. I don't know for sure. I don't know, you know. I hope. I hope. I hope God lets me in. You, I can, we can secure your eternity right now. I, I did it with Jimmy's mother. I did it with my mother. I did, you know. I, we can secure you. That if you, let's say you live for 20 years. You, we, can, we can know without a shadow of a doubt. Jesus says, I go and prepare a place for you. Gee, I'm going to prepare a place for you. In my father's house, there are many beautiful mansions. Amen. And I'm going to prepare a place for you. And I want you to live the abundant life till I come get you. But I'm coming to get you. Don't worry, baby boy. I'm coming. And so if you, if you can say, Pastor Raymond, I don't know for sure if I'll be going to heaven. I don't know. I can tell you this. It's very clear in the Bible. Right? I gave you John 1, 12, Romans 10, 9, and 10. Whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right? If you open your heart today, right now, and invite Jesus Christ into your life, and understand he died on the cross for your sins, that the sins you've committed, the sins you're going to commit, he, he washed you white as snow. He, wants, he died on the cross, the blood is going to wash you white as snow. And then you turn away from self-will, and you turn... Right? Because that's regeneration, justification, repentance, all that stuff. You can make a decision today that will impact your eternity. I don't know if you're ready for that. It's the best decision. I have five years clean. When I made that decision, I never believed life could be so good. Amen. I never believed I'd be married. I believe my children. I never believed it could be like this. So here's what I want you to do. I'm not going to have nobody bow their heads or close their eyes. Of course, there's a public confession. If you say, Pastor Raymond, I, I, right now, I would like to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I'd like to start this personal relationship with him. I want to invite him in. If he can change you, he can change me. If you say, Pastor Raymond, I'm ready to surrender my life to Christ, I want you to raise your hand right where you are. I want to pray for you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I congratulate you on your decision. I want to, that when you receive and believe Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you open your heart to him, you invite him into your life, take control of your life. He'll begin to give you new glasses. You start seeing things differently. He'll start giving you little inclinations. Don't do that. Don't say that. Let's not go there. Let's you start reading the Bible. He'll start speaking. You don't, need a, you don't need a pastor to preach to you. He'll speak to you himself. Amen. You know, guys like me, we're good because, you know, we got a little flavor. But God, you don't, God will speak to you right from his word. And then you come to church and be like, yo, I was reading that the other day. Yo, we're on the same page. Praise the Lord. That's God. All right? And God, begin, God will begin to guide you and lead you. And you can know because the Bible says so that just say, you got to pursue God now, build your relationship with him. Amen? Amen? I just want to give you one more time. If you say, Pastor Raymond, I'm not sure that if I die today, I'm going to heaven. But I want to be sure. I want Jesus Christ to give you your badge. Anyone else? You want to raise your hand right now? I just want to pray for you. Anyone else? God bless you, sister. Anyone else? Anyone else? God bless you, sister. Anyone else? All right, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. It's not the words so much that mean nothing. It's your heart that means everything. Amen. All right? So if you raise your hand and say, Pastor, I want to receive Christ. I'm not inviting you to a religion. I'm inviting you to a relationship. I want you to repeat the prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus I, understand. I understand you died on the cross for my sins. I also understand you rose on the third day. You overcame death. You overcame Satan. 
And you overcame the power of sin. So right now, I open my heart to you. I ask you, Lord, take control of my life. I surrender my will. I surrender my life to you. Show me how you want me to live. From this day forward, I'll do my part. Guide me and lead me. Give me the strength to follow you. Thank you for your love and thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a clap offering right where you are.